Hi, and welcome to the Hingham Cast. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. For the last 20 years, I've been on your TV, a reporter for NECN and NBC Boston. But now I'm telling stories in this new way. The Hingham Cast is a hyper-local podcast looking at the pandemic, politics, and everything in between through the lens of one small town, my town. But the issues we're facing are affecting people across the country. Like the love we have for our animals. They've helped us stave off loneliness, been a comfort in painful times, and brought joy when we needed it most. But how will it be for pandemic pets and their humans as life inches ever so slowly back to normal? 14-month-old Rue whines and noses her bells at the front door. Sometimes she wants to go out. Sometimes she just wants attention. And there's plenty of it. She is a character. She's extremely smart and extremely stubborn. We all adore her. Kristen Aylward says her kids have been begging for a dog for years, but the family was always running. Maddie and Jeremy busy with sports at the high school. Aylward's husband runs his own law practice, and she's juggling the needs of her own kids and her students at Gilmore Elementary School in Brockton, where she's a special education teacher. But... Like so many others, COVID opened a whole new world of puppy possibility. I think once I realized that I was not going back to work, I started doing some more research of puppies because I figured this was the time to do it. And we had seen our friends Rhodesian Ridgeback and absolutely loved that type of dog. So I reached out to the breeder and he told me he didn't have any. And then I kind of reached out again, maybe probably two weeks after I'd spoken to him the first time. And he said, I did actually get one back. Would you be interested? So it just kind of happened very quickly. Now, to give you a sense of how indoor Kristen is, I asked her to send me a couple of pictures. And what did you text me, like 50, 75? Probably. <laughs> I could have kept going. There's the day they brought her home. Her first birthday with Rue in a party hat and bandana. I am a crazy birthday person. Rue out boating. We put a life jacket on her and she'll just hang out with us and sleep. Rue on Halloween with a fuzzy lion mane around her head. Uh, It was hysterical. We had to hold treats above her head to get her to sit that perfectly. That's awesome. And then we have matching pajama pictures. So we got her matching pajamas. Oh my God. (laughs) You're that family. I mean, we are that family through and through. (laughs) It's it's pretty obnoxious. Obnoxious is debatable, but close-knit to be sure. Spending a lot of time, a lot not together at home. Rue is used to us all being here pretty much 24-7. Someone is always here. And pre-COVID and pre-quarantine, we were out of the house a lot. And now that we're home, she's used to us and she's attached to us, especially me. I can't even leave the room for two seconds without her crying and looking for me. With everyone headed back to school and work, Kristen worries. I'm very worried about what she's going to be like when we're not here all the time. She does not love her crate. She's not a dog that goes in voluntarily. So I'm a little worried that when she's in there for longer periods of time, is she going to sleep the whole time or is she going to be really upset? Yeah. Yeah. Are you worried about like kind of behaviors afterwards? Are you worried she could chew stuff or I mean, when she's not in the crate? A little bit because when I come home, she's so excited to see me, but it also seems like she's a little upset with me. So she does chew some things in the house and she goes and rips up her toys. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard when I'm fully back in. So I definitely need some ideas how we can better make this a little bit more easy for Rue and for all of us. Well, I've got just the gal. She's coming up. 
Let's take a quick break here to ask, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share us with a friend. And since we haven't asked for sponsors just yet, though if you want to hand us a boatload of cash, holla! I'll use the time to shout out the fifth graders at South Elementary School instead. They've launched their first school newspaper, the South Buzz Gazette. Nice job, young journalists. Okay, back to our conversation. I want to welcome Dr. Trish Cairns to the show. She's the co-chief of staff at the Normal Veterinary Hospital. And full disclosure, she's also my dog, Sugar's Vet. Hey, Trish. Hey, Allie. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. I was looking forward to it. So pet adoptions, breeder numbers, they're all surging across the country. Hingham's animal control officer, Leslie Badger, told me that during the pandemic, they've had more than 100 new animals registered and counting. Are you seeing those numbers bear out in your practice, too? Oh, yeah, we've definitely seen the numbers go way up. So you heard Kristen talking about Rue, following her around. They never leave Rue alone. She came into their world totally adored and smothered. But, you know, reality is coming back. She's worried. Yeah, we're definitely worried. Like we spend a long time discussing with people, you know, to make sure to leave the puppy alone every single day. Mm. And it's tricky. So because there's really nowhere for people to go. So, I mean, I have one client who has four kids and she said, I have two teenagers. They're barely talking to me in a good day. She's like, there's no way we can all go out on a big family trip. <laughs> so it's definitely very difficult. A lot of times what we'll do now is we'll have clients pretend to go out, mm. uh, but not actually leave. So then we'll have the puppy set up in a room a little off the beaten track in their crate. We'll give them like a chew toy or like a Kong with peanut butter in it. And we'll play a noise machine and we'll tell everyone else in the family to just sit down and do their virtual work and don't walk around. Mm. And so that they'll do that every single day so that they're kind of pretending that they're going out. So how long should they do that for? At least an hour. If they could do it for two hours a day is great. Okay. So it's the beginning of March. When should people be starting these routines? I would say yesterday they should be starting it. So Mm. Uh, really, what you want to be doing with your new puppy is every single day giving them a little bit of time on their own. Mm. If you haven't done that at all, then you really, really need to baby step them. So if your puppy is eight months old now and has really never been alone, mm-hmm. you have to start leaving them alone for maybe 15 seconds, then 30 seconds, then a minute, because you can't have a puppy that's never been alone and then suddenly hop in the hang and ferry and head off for your 10 hour shift at work. Right. Right. You know, that's, that's just not, that isn't going to fly, you know? So, um, and that's where we get these dogs with separation anxiety where, you know, they, you leave and they get all anxious and worried. And because they're anxious and worried, it's either manifested by, you know, either, you know, GI things like vomiting and diarrhea or, you know, eating the couch, eating the floorboards, eating the molding, you know, trashing stuff. Hmm. You know, so that's what happens. I mean, I think my kids always make fun of me for those America's Funniest videos where they always show dogs that have destroyed couches and ripped them apart. Mm-hmm. And I never laugh at them because my brain is thinking, oh, that poor dog must have massive separation anxiety. And that's why you destroyed the couch. What's going on for a dog when they're experiencing separation anxiety? I think what happens is they get a little triggered when you're leaving. So they see you put on your makeup you know, 
nowadays putting on a bra that might trigger them, you know, so, so getting, getting dressed, <laughs> putting on normal. pants with a button, <laughs> pants, <laughs> like a zipper. They're like, Whoa, uh, this is nuts. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. She's leaving. And, uh, so, but putting on like your shoes, your jacket, all those type of things, getting your car keys is a big trigger hmm. that they are, their little brains are saying, Oh my gosh, she's going to leave and they may, may never come back. So. Is there a way to address the triggers? Yeah. So if, if they are going to get triggered by you putting on your makeup, clothes, shoes, car keys, all those type of things, we have you do that multiple times a day without actually leaving. So we have you get all mm-hmm. dressed for work, get your keys, but then don't go. Mm-hmm. Or just grab your car keys and then don't go. Put your jacket, your shoes on, and then just come back in the house so that their little brains are saying, oh, so the car keys is nothing. Oh, uh-huh. the jacket is nothing. Oh, the shoes are nothing. Until finally they're kind of desensitized to you doing that so that you finally are able to grab your car keys, shoes, jacket, leave for a couple of minutes, then come back in. You're trying to do it so that they're maintaining and okay. their relaxation and staying calm. Mm-hmm. A lot of the veterinarians are joking we're going to be buying stocks in Prozac when everyone goes back to work <laughs> because we, um, we're going to be dispensing a lot of it. I found my new income stream dealing exactly. with Prozac on the side, my side That's hustle. It. Forget the podcast. <laughs> um, so is it just puppies that we're talking about? Like, you know, my dog, we've definitely seen some kind of behavior changes. I, I think more like she's saying to us, get out of here. But, um, you know, do older dogs remember? I mean, we left Sugar alone for long stretches of time, and now everybody's home. Like, does she have that maintained memory that, hey, my people leave and it's okay? Or is she going to have separation anxiety too? So adult dogs shouldn't really have separation anxiety if they were trained as puppies. In theory, they should remember that training and be used to it. The issue with adult dogs is they're just getting a little overstimulated Mm. because really an adult dog left alone, they would probably sleep, you know, the vast majority of the time that you're gone. Mm -hmm. And instead of them doing that, they're getting cuddled and they're getting petted and they're getting talked to and they're getting treats and they're getting trained and walked and, you know, which is all good things, like nothing bad's happening to them, but they're just not getting that downtime. So some of them can become like, you know, a toddler that goes to daycare, but won't nap and they just get Mm. a little overstimulated and can find that a little stressful. So what we should be doing with our adult dogs is if they're in their dog bed, just leave them alone. You know, Mm. if they're in their crate, just leave them alone. Hmm. And we've noticed our dog previously, she would always sleep in the kitchen, but now she's taken to going downstairs in the basement. And (laughs) I think she just gives herself a little bit of downtime that way. Look you at know. the dog taking what she needs. She's doing better than all of us. <laughs> and the other thing you could do, I mean, the number one thing that decreases dog anxiety is exercise. Okay. So if dogs do have separation anxiety or they are stressed, taking them for long walks multiple times a day or even short walks a few times a day, but really getting them off the property so that their little brains are sniffing new things and seeing new things and engaging in new things that settles them down. So I used to kind of say, oh, if I don't have time to take my dog for a big, long walk, I won't bother. Mm-hmm. But even a short walk off the property, they'll come home and they're, they'll frequently settle. Okay. But if I'm going to work and my kids are going to school, that's probably a bigger challenge than it was before. Yeah. But if you are going to work and going to school, don't think that you have to do the two-hour walk at Wampatuck that you might have been doing during the pandemic. Just do on the leash 
you know, ran the block and just mm-hmm. get her off the property and just let, let sugar, you know, see some new smells and see some new dogs and some new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps calm them down. Okay. That'll probably help me shed some of this pandemic poundage too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> I want to take a break to let you know you can put faces with voices and see shots of Rue and other pandemic pets in the Hingham Anchor. It's HinghamAnchor.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and download all of our episodes. Hopefully you get something out of each one. Okay, back to our conversation. So we talked all all exclusively about dogs. You know, do you see separation anxiety in other animals? You know, we have listeners obviously have cats and bunnies and turtles. Yeah, so I think the cats are so independent that they will naturally, if everyone's home all day and they're finding it too much, they'll just find a little quiet spot to sit and you really can't find them if they don't want to be found. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they're certainly much more independent. So we don't see it. We don't, we're not seeing it as much in cats, whereas dogs, okay. they're following you every day and they're like, she's in the kitchen. They're in the living room. They're downstairs. Yeah. And they're not as good about figuring out a way to give themselves a little bit of downtime. Okay. Okay. So back to dogs. So, you know, I know for my youngest, when she's feeling insecure or sad, she likes to have, um, you know, special stuffed animal. Do dogs like that? Like, should you be getting them now, like a special treat or toy or something to, you know, make them feel better? Yeah. I mean, they love to chew. And our favorite things we want to give dogs to chew on are something with a little bit of food hidden in it. So really, we will take most of their chew toys almost stuff them with some peanut butter uh-huh. and you know i ideally if you have time if you can freeze it so it takes them longer to chew it uh-huh. and put them in the crate and just let them you know lick that out and chew that out some dogs love stuffies and other dogs will rip them to shreds in seconds mm-hmm. and i've definitely removed you know a couple of squeakers from dogs intestine where they've like swallowed it swallowed the whole squeaker yeah you know interestingly they will still squeak even in the intestine which actually was an interesting fact we didn't know is that right because um, you yeah. squeeze the dog's belly and it would squeak <laughs> yeah, you squeeze the intestine and you're like oh there it is so when do you know or how can you tell if you know the dog's just having some mild separation anxiety or you know something you should see the vet for we can notice it almost immediately. Like if we have a puppy that comes in to see us at the clinic, mm-hmm. nowadays we'll usually put them in exam room behind like a little baby gate. Mm-hmm. And frequently some of those puppies were are in a full kind of out panic because we put them in that room. Mm. Separation anxiety will hit, if you haven't done anything or left them alone, it generally will hit, you know, around 10 months of age. Mm-hmm. You're starting to get out your stuff, you're getting your keys, you're getting your shoes on and you can see them pacing and panting and, you know, getting a little bit worried. And the other big thing is when you come back in, they welcome you as if you've just come back from the dead Um, (laughs) and will jump and leap and jump on you and, and like in a full out panic. So, you know, we'll tell clients, you know, when you come back, don't, you know, jump all over your dog and tell them that they're wonderful just because you went out for a short time. You know, Uh so I had one client that said, yeah, I haven't made eye contact with my dog for five years when I come in the back door. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, just, just to, but and so basically what you're meant to do is come in the door just ignore them for 10 or 15 minutes until they kind of calm down and when oh. they've calmed down then say okay now I'm going to engage because now you've calmed down enough that mm-hmm. I'm actually going to talk to you and engage with you 
So you're not, but you're playing hard to get so that they don't know they get rewarded for that behavior. Yeah. And if it gets very severe, I mean, you, you go to the bathroom and you come back and they welcome you like you just, you know, like you right. keep on for months, you know? Yeah. So, which is adorable and nice and rewarding, but then it's not good for the dog. Like they should feel confident enough that their owners can pee without okay. having to get in a panic. Inside. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to push you on this. Like when is it blow off behavior, so to speak, or just deal with behavior? And when should you, you know, pack up the car and, and get to you? If it progresses all the way to the point where they're eating the wood moldings and eating the couch and things like that, that's when, you know, we're talking about Prozac, Trazodone, should you see a behaviorist, you know, some significant interventions um, to try and get them to feel more confident that you can leave. But with all puppy behavior and all dog behavior, it's way better to jump in it, you know, ahead of time. Is there any other advice you want to give folks who are preparing to, you know, leave their animal? Well, it is, it has been quite a bit harder for people to get dog trainers at this stage. Mm -hmm. But I think the training will open up a little bit mm -hmm. in the summer because the trainers will be able to run classes with 10 or 12 puppies outside. Is there a point in time where it's too late to train? No, never. I mean, I, in my career, we've rescued a few dogs from the shelter for various reasons. Mm -hmm. We brought them home and trained them, you know, like house broke them, do everything. You can really teach them a huge amount. Yeah. And could, there's actually quite a few places that have virtual training nowadays. Huh. It's not great, but it definitely can be better than not doing anything. So if it's your first puppy and you're not too used to puppies, you can watch some virtual training classes and really learn quite a bit about them. Anybody you recommend? Yeah, there's a couple. There's Dr. Dunbar's, who's like a behaviorist that from Tufts who retired, and mm -hmm. he is a good he is a good virtual training class. Okay, all right, we'll put some links on our website. The ASPCA has reported animals having to be surrendered during the pandemic, often because families found they couldn't handle the animal or their financial or work situation changed. The Aylwards got Rue because she was returned to the breeder by her first family. So we wanted to check in with Dr. Cairns to see what to do on that issue. I think all the clients we've had that have got puppies or got dogs, they were sort of planning to get one anyway, and then they just decided mm -hmm. to get one at this time. Yeah. You know, I wonder if there'll be any data about college kids or younger adults getting animals and then they're back to work and they're like, oh, right. Yeah, exactly. We definitely worry about that with multiple grandparents adopting the dogs and they didn't really want them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I do remember I had one woman where I told her to buy ear wash for her dog, which is like $10. And she said, I don't really want to get it because it's my son's dog. And, you know, I'm just watching him. And I said, how long have you had the dog? And she said, eight years. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh my God, I really think you should just get the ear wash, you know, because <laughs> I don't think he's coming back tomorrow to get, get put that in. So, yeah. So in all seriousness, what should someone do if either they themselves or an adult child or something can't take the animal anymore? What, what should they do? Veterinarians will really help you with that. Mm -hmm. We often have clients that say, I really want a dog, but I don't want a puppy. You know, mm. if anyone come up, can you let us know? Breeders yeah. are usually really good. So if you get a dog from a good breeder, um, like not at the mall, 
you know, breeders will frequently say, okay, that's not working out for you. I will take the dog back. I have a list of people that are looking for, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, a golden doodle puppy or one-year-old golden doodle. So those are the people that you want to reach out to where what you don't want to do is kind of rapidly give them to someone else without that other person really, you know, putting a lot of thought into it because you really Mm -hmm. have them for, you know, a long time and it's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Dr. Trish Cairns, I thank you so much for being here. We really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, it was great chatting to you. Good luck with the podcast. All right, thanks. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. bye. A huge thank you to our ever-talented and kind producer-editor, Kristen Keefe, to Donna Mavromatis and her team at Mavro Creative for our beautiful website, thehinghamcast.com, and to Ellie Formasano, our intern from Boston College. I'm Allie Donnelly. Talk to you soon.